Well, hello, HTC. It is a privilege to be able to speak to you, though it would be so much better if I could speak with you. I'd love to hear how each one of you is, is doing and even more hear how you are feeling. For all of us, I guess if we're honest, there are growing feelings of fear and uncertainty, even panic, uh, certainly anxiety about the unknowns with the coronavirus. And then for some of us, uh, we will have been feeling physically unwell too. And the reason that this is pre-recorded is because the whole Wynn family, we have been self-isolating since Monday because one after another we have gone down with a temperature and aching bones and sore throat. I'm not sure whether it's coronavirus or not. We, we've been told it probably is, but we haven't had a test. We don't really know. But certainly there are others in the church who have had it actually far worse than us. Uh, and I guess really what I would love to do in this sermon today as we continue our series on the life of Joseph is to use Joseph's life to give each one of you uh, two encouragements, two encouragements which I hope will help you feel better, not necessarily physically, but hopefully certainly will help you feel better emotionally and spiritually. So if you would, do keep your Bibles open at Genesis 41, and we're going to look at some of the verses uh, in there. But just before we do that, I just want to explain um, if you like, the impact of the government's decision to stop church services for the time being as part of a, a raft of necessary actions to slow the spread of the virus. Uh, and the main thing really to say is it, it doesn't mean that HTC is shutting up shop, far from it. But it does mean what we're having to do is we're having to reimagine church for this season. We're having to reimagine both our discipleship uh, and also our mission and our evangelism. But HTC is not off because of the virus. Very much HTC is on. Uh, first of all, HTC is online. Today is our first live streamed Sunday service. And then we're going to continue having uh, Wednesday night discipleship using Zoom and Connect groups. And then we're having a new thing, a daily Monday to Friday, 15 minute prayer and Bible meeting online. We've called it HTC Daily. We'd love you to join it. If, if Boris is having a daily press briefing, then I thought we certainly need to have a daily prayer briefing. So we are, on, we are HTC online. But we're also HTC on call. We're looking to meet the needs of many who are, who are vulnerable, who are isolated and struggling. And if that is you, if you are struggling at the moment for whatever reason, please, please, would you go on our website and would you fill in your needs in the I Need Help form? And then alternatively, if you can offer help, would you fill in the I Can Help form that you also find on our website? And thank you to so, so many of you who have already offered your help. And then the physical church obviously still exists in its brilliant location. So we are HTC, not just online, uh, not just on call, but we are also on the common. Uh, we can't gather as a church family physically at the moment. And I long for when we can again. Isn't that a brilliant thing to be looking forward to? It's going to be a glorious day when we can gather again in the church building. But right now, the church building is still open for the moment. Uh, each day during the week, 12 till 2 p.m. for people to go for private prayer, if that is a help to you. Now, if you heard the talk uh, last week, uh, either live or online, you'll remember that I said, Joseph, Joseph, he has a Technicolor career to match his Technicolor coat. So he went from preferential treatment to Potiphar's slave to prison to prime minister of Egypt. So he's got a Technicolor coat 
to uh, and a Technicolor career. But what he does not have, he's got the coat and the career in Technicolor. But what he does not have is a Technicolor character. Now, perhaps that sounds rather boring to you. You might think it'd be nice to have a Technicolor character, you know, variety is a spice of life and all that. But let me explain what I mean by saying this. I don't mean that Joseph was a sort of a, a robot who didn't show any emotions. Far from it. No, no, Joseph was a man of intense emotions. So he wasn't sort of British about his emotions. He wasn't stiff upper lip. He, he was authentic. He was real. Uh, the story of Joseph, it must be one of the most gripping stories in the Bible. And you may remember what happens. Joseph's family, they come from Canaan to Egypt to buy grain during the famine. And Joseph recognises them. But his brothers don't recognise Joseph. And after various toing and froings involving uh, sacks of grain and cups in the sack, we get to the point of Joseph revealing who he is to his long lost brothers that once had tried to kill him. And what do we read? What do we read? Well, we read there that Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. So that's Genesis 45 verses 1 and 2. Or how about when uh, Joseph's father eventually comes down to Egypt too and Joseph he's reunited with his long lost dad who thought his favourite son was dead and this is what the Bible says there. It's Genesis 46 and verse 29. Let me read it. Genesis 46 verse 29 it says this as soon as Joseph appeared before him he threw his arms around his father and he wept for a long time so you see Joseph he was understandably a man of intense emotions in an intense situation and there's nothing wrong with that I mean it would be more of a problem if we weren't feeling any emotion about all that's going on for us at the moment so please, can I urge you, make sure you are being real about your emotions right now. Uh, say how you are feeling to a family member or to someone in your connect group. When we had our connect group just this uh, Wednesday gone, we were using Zoom, which was a fantastic. Zoom is the, uh, the, the choice of thing for the moment. But when we were using Zoom, every single person in our connect group said they were feeling anxious about all that was going on. And I think just naming the feelings is an important step. And please, as I've said, please use that I need help button on the website if you're not sure where to get help, whether you're wanting practical help, uh, whether you're wanting help just by talking to someone or praying with someone. So what do I mean when I say Joseph was not a man with a Technicolor character? Uh, what I mean is that he was not someone a bit like me, someone who sort of blows hot and cold depending on the circumstances. I wonder if you can relate to this. When I say that my well-being, my emotions, my, my thoughts about life, my attitude to others, my patience levels, very easily they alter depending on my circumstances. So, so when everything's going well, and, and more importantly, when people are saying nice things to me, well, then I very easily I get puffed up. But when something is difficult, something, there's something difficult that's going on. When there's a, a challenging situation to be overcome, as we have at the moment, when I get ill or I, I face a negative comment from someone, well, then I get an assault. Then I think life's tough. Then I think everybody's against me. Then I get pulled down. So my character, it gets buffeted up and down so much by the circumstances. Puffed up, then pulled down. Puffed up, pulled down. 
C.S. Lewis, uh, he once said this, he said, how you respond to an interruption is who you actually are. How you respond to an interruption is who you actually are. And that is a challenge to me in all sorts of ways. When my children, or dare I say it, when my wife interrupts me, I can be a bit grumpy because I'm so focused on something else and then I'm suddenly interrupted. But C.S. Lewis really helpfully says, how you respond to an interruption is who you actually are. Well, the coronavirus has been a giant interruption for all of us in so many ways. And how we respond to it shows us who we actually are. I mean, I am frustrated by just having done a week of self-isolation. But in our Bible passage, Joseph, he has just had a whole decade of self-isolation. He's been in prison after he'd been falsely accused of attempted rape. But then for Joseph in Genesis 41... In the two bits that were read for us today, suddenly for Joseph, change is on the cards. The isolation of the past decade, suddenly it might be over. Because Joseph, he gets sent for by Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. His dreams that you'll remember point to seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And I'd love you just to look at the continual refrain that Joseph gave as he was telling Pharaoh the meaning of the dream. So in Genesis 41, just first of all, look at chapter at verse 25. So verse 25 of uh, Genesis 41 says this. It says, then Pharaoh said, of, to, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, beg your pardon. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Or or look down to uh, verse 28, verse 28. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Or look again to the end of verse 32. It says there, the matter had been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. You see, Joseph knows that God rules. God rules over the unknown future. He rules over the unknown future. I'm sure lots of you have seen the clip of the TED talk that Bill Gates did back in 2015. It's been doing the rounds the last week or so. Uh, His TED talk's entitled The Next Outbreak. And in it, Bill Gates says very pertinently, he says this. He says, if anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. And while Bill Gates, whilst he shows there his his wisdom about the future, we know somebody who is far, far wiser. Because God is not just wise about the future, but God, he rules over all the future. He rules over the future. And so, yes, we we, we don't know everything about what is going to happen in the coming days or, or weeks or months. We don't know what, but we do know who. We know who rules. God rules. And we can know him who holds the future because of the Lord Jesus. And so as we, as we look to the unknown future, there is absolutely nothing that can reassure us more than staying close to Jesus. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know who holds tomorrow. And uh, one thing that you might like to do to acknowledge that is tonight in your home, 
uh, to adopt what the Archbishop of Canterbury is encouraging. He's encouraging each one of us to, to light a candle and place it in your window somewhere in your home at 7pm and then to pray at 7pm, to pray the Lord's Prayer, to ask our Father in Heaven for his help and his intervention in this situation. Now for Joseph, for Joseph as a result of God revealing what would happen in the future, overnight Joseph's lifestyle changed. From having no power, he suddenly got the power of Pharaoh. He gets Pharaoh's signet ring. If you look at verse 42, which was the, the ancient equivalent of sort of the royal credit card. He gets an A-list celebrity wife. Verse 45, that tells us that. He, the, the celebrity wife, the daughter of the most powerful priest in the land. Joseph, suddenly he is a, a somebody, he's suddenly a somebody rather than a nobody. And then what happens is Joseph and his wife, they have kids. And just look, would you, at verse 50. Verse 50 says this, it says, Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. And Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Now, did you notice there? In the explanations of the names of both boys, there is the same four-word phrase. That four-word phrase, God has made me. God has made me forget all my troubles. God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So in the suffering, Joseph says, God has made me. And in the success, God has made me. Joseph, he's not bitter in the suffering. He's not boastful in success because he knows that both suffering and success, they are God ordained, that God has been with him and used both suffering and success for good. And so here's, here's I guess, the second encouragement for each one of us right now. The second encouragement is this, not just that God rules over the unknown future, but the second encouragement is also God refines us in the unpleasant present. You see, for Joseph, his, his struggles and his sufferings, they've matured him, they've grown him as a man of God. And as Christians, when we face difficult times, we've got two options. It's either a time when our spiritual roots, they will wither and die, or these roots, in the struggle, in the suffering, they will go down deeper and deeper into Jesus. And so my prayer for all of us for this time this time, which is a time of suffering and difficulty, it is unpleasant. For some of us, it will be more than just unpleasant. My prayer is that this time would be a time not for the withering and dying of our spiritual roots, but actually this would be a time for a maturing, a refining, a growing for us in our faith. And that's why we've launched this thing, HTC Daily. Because now, more than ever, we need to gather virtually, we need to gather to pray. And I'd love it if you might join us every weekday, Monday to Friday, for 15 minutes at 8.30am. In the first uh, session, we had 50 people joining us online on Zoom as we prayed together. And it's because we're so keen that we be growing and, and being refined spiritually. That's why we're keeping uh, the best ways possible of Sunday church and connect groups going online. 
Uh, for families, we're providing all sorts of resources for you uh, for each week on our website uh, so that you can be discipling your children and pointing them to Jesus. And I want to encourage us, I want to encourage us to keep outward looking, keep outward looking in both word and action with our neighbours and with those in need. And as a church, as a church, we are committed to remaining just as outward looking as we were before with HTC on call. And what will certainly happen after Easter, if we're not back in church by then, well, then after Easter, we will run Alpha online. You see, this is so key for us as individuals that we be growing, being refined in our faith. But also it is key for us as a whole church that this is what happens, that this time of suffering, that this difficult, unpleasant time, that it is that refining time, that we, we, we don't retreat inwards as a church. We mustn't retreat inwards as a church and just focus on survival, but rather we should expand outwards as a church and focus on revival. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you meet us in our anxiety. Thank you that we can cast our anxieties on you because you say you care for us. And we pray that we might know that you rule over the future. Would you help each one of us to place our trust in you and would you help us to, to use this time not to be a time when our spiritual roots wither and die but to be a time when we are refined by you and Lord God our Heavenly Father we dare to pray that even in these challenging days that you would be drawing other people to yourself as they come to know Jesus and we pray that you might use us in that process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.